Hello, hello, and welcome to another Hometown Daily News Show. This is for November 5th, 2022. Hello, I am Mayor Watt. That is hometown.com. And that's what powers the Hometown Daily News Show. I have been doing this show every day since uh, January 1st of this year. Every day, 6 p.m., or... I should say a few times I've done it during the day, not during the 6 p.m. hour. And um, I'm trying to to expand my hours and and maybe even uh, change it so that I'm in the day for one period and 6 p.m. at another period. And uh, I just can't uh, figure it out. Can't make up my mind. Can't get all of my ducks in a row to make it happen. So let me know. Either one way or another, a message, a carrier pigeon, um, I don't know, if you're part of the multiverse, then let an alternate me know and maybe it will tell me what I should do. Um, but I, I am sticking to the 6 p.m. hour for now, and hopefully at the beginning of the year again, I will be able to uh, dedicate more time to hometown streaming hometown I will launch um, three more shows uh, that are focused on topics. Uh, but in the meantime, let's get into what Omtown is real quick. Omtown is a news aggregator that throws everything into six main categories and then 50 channels within it. Those six main channels, main categories are create, news, education, entertainment, social, and technology. Uh, there is a podcast version which basically links to... Um, the podcast version of the show that's not the twitch version of the show that's not the youtube version of the show it's unedited for the most part except for the beginning and end really um but you can get hometown daily news show pretty much everywhere um just do a search you'll find it and that's that let's get into the news itself the very first article which is actually something that is just one little element of what's currently happening with Twitter. And this is Elon Musk uh, threatens to thermonuclear name and shame companies that paused advertising on Twitter. As if that is the responsible adult professional thing to do. And as if that will actually do anything. Um, Hate to break it to you there, Elon, but a company pausing its advertising because it doesn't know what the hell is going to happen means that they're mitigating their risk. Nothing else. They don't know what's going on with the stability of Twitter. They had a, a really damn good idea about Twitter's stability. Now nobody knows and there's no transparency. Give me a break. Transparency. This is going to be, marketing disaster PR disaster when somebody comes out and says you need to pay for a blue tick that verifies who you are eight bucks all it takes is eight bucks a month what kind of verification is that it's anybody with a credit card and I can spin up anything and attach my name to it sure on the back end 
Are you going to violate personally identifiable information and expose my account to the world if I have a pseudonym? Even if I am paying eight bucks? Are you that out of your mind? <laughs> Freedom of speech means that I don't get attacked by business. No, that's not what it means. Freedom of speech means that the government can't come after me, state, local, federal. They can't come after me. It has nothing to do with paying eight bucks to get a blue tick. So I'm not quite sure wh where Elon Musk's wires are crossed. This is a money grab and a weak one. Because even if there's a million people that have a blue tick, you know, and I haven't looked at the numbers. Somebody told me that there was something like, hold on a second. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, this is what makes um, the, the sausage real. So there's only 420,000 verified accounts. Okay, let's round up to 500,000 verified accounts. So you got 500,000 verified accounts. Um, you're only looking at $4 million, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're only looking at $4 million. So is it? I rounded up, by the way, um, to 500,000 accounts. So you're looking at only $4 million. So what is this really about? This is weak sauce. Weak sauce, revenue generation. And when you're losing $4 million a day, $4 million a month doesn't mean jack. This doesn't do anything for freedom of speech either. <laughs> it does nothing. Does it stop bots? No, because bots don't give a shit about a blue tick. This is a weak money grab, bro. Just... <laughs> Stop buying your way into management. Twitter launches the blue tick because they've updated the app, the Twitter app on iOS, and you can purchase it now. Um, so Twitter has launched a subscription service allowing uh, users to buy blue tick verification for a monthly fee of $8. Uh, this is by PA Media. I don't know if that PA is something other than PA, but PAW Media. And um, it says, in a significant change under its new owner, Elon Musk. Now, I don't know about him being the owner, but others funded this along with him. The system was designed to help users identify authentic and influential users on the platform, including government figures, sports stars, entertainment figures, journalists, brands, and organizations. Well, now anybody can, right? Is that, that's what it's going to come down to. So let's say he actually moves it up to a million users a month. Anybody can pay eight bucks. You're still going to get ads. You're still going to be the product. But now you're paying for nothing more than a blue tick. Let's move on to the next article. Uh, Tabletop Nights. We haven't seen that channel for a little while. Uh, open world survival RPG Frozen Flame launches for Steam Early Access on November 17th, and you can check it out um, over on RPGSite.net. 
and the author for this is Adam Vitell. Um, Ravenside Publishing and Dreamside Interactive have announced the open world survival RPG Frozen Flame will launch <clears throat> for early access, Steam early access, November 17th. Um, I've actually seen this video. It was really cool to see it show up in my aggregator. Um, but RPG site, uh, net is a great source for your information, um, regarding RPGs and stuff like that. Um, so there's a video playing for those of you who are listening to this via the podcast. I don't really have it turned up all that much. But Frozen Flame is a a survival fantasy action RPG set in the dying world of dragons. Will release on Steam Early Access on November 17th. Developer uh, developed by Dreamside Interactive and published by Raven Age. Players are welcome to experience the beautiful yet dangerous and mysterious realms of Arcana in the latest chapter of Frozen Flame's journey. Frozen Flame recently had a free-for-all open beta which hosted more than 10,000 players over Halloween weekend receiving mostly positive reviews according to the in-game survey mostly positive reviews is an interesting turn of phrase uh quote the results of the open beta are inspiring we received a lot of feedback and support from gamers around uh, worldwide and we will continue meeting expectations of our community and adding more content for exploration said sergey korolev founder of dreamside interactive that's great um, there is more, uh, including pictures and some more uh, from their announcement over at RPGSite.net. Go and check it out. Uh, the next article is Square Enix. Uh, second deep dive video for Forspoken. It takes a look at combat. And this is the second in a, a three deep dive video series. Um, all of these articles, by the way, are over in uh, Showbot. So go to hometown.showbot.tv and you can vote on the articles that you find interesting, something that you might want to hear more about. Not necessarily that particular article, but the topic therein. Um, This is Square Enix has released the second in a set of three deep dive videos for Forspoken, detailing Frey Holland's magic uh, combat capabilities. Um, Last was a magic parkour and you can go over to rpgsite.net and, and watch that video and uh, read more about it. Um, but I will say that Forspoken launches on January 24th, 2023 for PlayStation 5 and PC, which includes Steam, Epic, Microsoft Store. And for more of the information, you go and check out this link that's over at RPG Site, and you can get there by following the link in the show notes or over at uh, Showbot. Um, and the title is going to be Square Enix second deep dive video for Forspoken takes a look at combat. And it was uh, written by Adam Vitale, uh, which is a really, it's a really short article, um, which includes the announcement basically from Square Enix. Now the next article, and I'm not really soapboxing today. There's a lot of political news out there right now that I pretty much waded through because it's all perception thereof some political whatever um and i'm more interested in uh factual information not not really just opinion um so i kind of just moved on waded through the uh, puddles of politics that are rife throughout um 
the world right now. So we're coming up here in the United States on election election times. Um, and, um, it's just next week. So, um, after this week, it'll die off a little bit and then we'll see, um, how much noise is in the signal. Um, but that said, let's move on to the next article, which is, uh, in the word in tech channel, Starlink is getting daytime data caps. And this is something that, uh, I've been hearing about, uh, didn't really talk about, um, until I saw it. Uh, truly pop up in my aggregator quite a bit. Um, and this is over at The Verge. Starlink is getting daytime data caps. It's written by Jay Peters, and it says here, Starlink is going to start throttling your home internet if you exceed more than one terabyte of monthly data, priority access data, by the way. So you're going to start getting throttled. The change will go into effect in December. This is basically Elon Musk taking his bat and ball and going home. Um, Starlink is about to feel a little more like other ISPs with a new data policy that mimics anytime minutes from the bad old days of highly restricted cell phone service. The satellite internet division of uh, SpaceX will start throttling home internet for consumers who use more than one terabyte of priority access data per month during peak hours beginning in December. The change is being rolled out as part of the fair use policy. Ha <laughs> ha uh, ha. Yeah, like the freedom of speech policy at Twitter, I'm sure pay a little more. And I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you'd be able to pay a little more. Um, at some point there's going to be a, poly, uh, a, an option to pay more to get more anytime minutes. <clears throat> That's how it was back in the day with restricted cell phone service. Um, now you're probably going to get priority access bumps by paying, you know, $10 more, $20 more. If you want to buy more priority access data, you can at the cost of 25 cents per gig. And any data used between 11 p.m. and 7 a.m. doesn't count towards your priority access tally. Again, this is identical to the bad old days of cell phone service. And apparently history wasn't learned, um, but folks that need it, you're going to now have to pay for it, unfortunately. And the people who really do need it <laughs> and may not be able to pay for it are going to get screwed. So this is all about plutocracy. The the, the people with the most money win. Um, there's no equity and equality there. Most of us are born into our financial situation and it's very difficult to get out of it. Uh, the next article is in the continuity report. Elon Musk says he had no choice in slashing Twitter workforce claims company was losing 4 million a day. So that's why he's asking for eight bucks for a blue check mark. Elon Musk said that a massive job cuts were ordered on Friday at Twitter, axing roughly 50% of the social network's employees were unavoidable. He actually took out the political verification component of the network's workforce in the process, from my understanding. So this riff basically just extends the runway. Pardon me one second. It extends the runway for... Uh, Twitter, but it's not making more money. In fact, the advertisers are sitting there going, this is an unstable network. Now, what we knew and thought we had control over was the amount of risk that Twitter 
was presenting us. That's the advertiser saying this, I'm sure. I don't know. I don't have insider information about the advertisers other than what I've read in various places. And um, so if advertisers go, I don't know what the hell's going on. I don't know if me being here is going to harm my brand or ruin my budget. I'll go somewhere safer. I'd rather advertise on TikTok. Guess who's going to start getting some serious money? TikTok. Uh, this is almost like destroying what really was a bastion of free speech. Um, you could say nearly anything on Twitter without being silenced as long as it wasn't factually wrong, wherein it would have been tagged as being a questionable content. And even then, <laughs> unless it's an overt threat, it wouldn't have been deleted. But people have the right to silence you. People have the right to lash out at you and say, you suck or block you. And when somebody in the domain of advertising tells you what's what, from my understanding, Elon Musk blocked that person. Bastion of free speech. Champion of free speech, indeed. So... Losing $4 million a day, a blue check mark will recover $4 million. Even if I round up to 500,000 uh, users, you'll end up with $4 million a month. <laughs> Come on, dude. Todd Spangler over at Variety wrote this article. Elon Musk says he had no choice in slashing Twitter workforce. Claims company was losing $4 million a day. This is how you turn $300 million into $250 million. Elon Musk said that the massive job cuts were required. 50% of the social media network's employees were cut. The one thing that did get done was the app for iOS and maybe Android was updated so that people could pay for that $8 a month checkmark. I wouldn't do that in a million years. I wanted a check mark and I was actually considering requesting it, but uh, I backed away saying, you know, I don't need it. <laughs> Twitter notified employees Thursday that they would find out via email. It was basically a, a Russian roulette kind of a thing. You open your email and you find out that you're possibly being fired. And then those who were being kept received an email that said, hey, you're staying. Here's your job. By the way, we're doubling the amount of hours you need to work. You're salaried. Oh, you don't like that? You're going to quit? Well, guess what? No unemployment. No severance. No nothing. Ta-ta. Musk needs to cut costs at Twitter because the company is facing uh, a not only high burn rate, but also the need to repay and pay interest on $13 billion in debt that he raised to swing the takeover, amounting to about a billion dollars per year. This was... Uh, reported to uh, in other places, but also just reiterated here in Variety.com. And uh, you know how you pay back a billion dollars per year? You recoup $8 million. Uh, not even $8 million, $4 million uh, per month. I guess you can do that, right? That's how math works. The next article is over in Hatch Ideas channel. Um, the author of this over at Business Insider um, 
said that they shopped at the smallest Trader Joe's in the world and it was chaotically crowded but full of character. Let's go over there. Anne Matica. Uh, I think that's how they pronounce their last name. Uh, shopped at the smallest Trader Joe's in the known universe. I'm not sure why they didn't put that in there. Maybe it's trademarked. Um, I shopped at the smallest Trader Joe's in the world. It's actually on a sign. If you're listening to this in the podcast, a sign on the door of the smallest Trader Joe's actually says established in 2001. You're entering the smallest Trader Joe's in the known universe. Tucked along Boylston, Boylston Street in Boston's uh, Back Bay neighborhood. Wow, that's hard to say for some reason. Um, is the smallest Trader Joe's in the world. And they decided to go and take a look at it. It actually looks like kind of like a liquor store. Walking up the compact entrance seemed like an indication of what was to come. As soon as they walked in, the automatic doors was greeted by a sign welcoming, welcoming them to the Back Bay Trader Joe's. I'm not sure how big this is, but um, they're not announcing it in this article. There's a bunch of stuff, by the way. I'm showing a bunch of pictures as I'm scrolling through. Um, but apparently it was 6 p.m. when they arrived and the Trader Joe's was a bustling uh, with after work crowd. There's big old stacks of bananas and people with mini carts and, and baskets um, all running amok like little ants, it seems like. And um, yeah, this thing is almost shoulder to shoulder shopping. So they must be really crushing it, trading it, as it were. Um, after seeing the fully stocked shelves and coolers, they were hopeful that they could find the groceries uh, that they go to Trader Joe's specifically for. And uh, let's see, accidentally bumping into other shoppers and cramped aisles and vice versa. I don't know if this store is ADA compliant. It is. It's just really crowded. I mean, you try and walk through this and you're going to be bumping into all kinds of people. They got everything but the bagel sesame seasoning blend. They highlight that in the article. Um, pretty neat store to me. It seems like it has everything that a Trader Joe's has, only smaller, uh, but a lot of variety tucked into um, the shelves. Looks pretty neat. I only went through about half of this article, by the way, and I urge you to go over to the article at businessinsider.com by Ann Matica. It's titled, I shopped at the smallest Trader Joe's in the world and it was chaotically crowded, but full of character. That's one of the longest titles I've read here. The next article is over in the Hatchadias channel. The unemployment rate for black men fell in October, but so did the labor force participation. This is a metric that um, the Fed, Federal Reserve, uh, monitors. That's the unemployment rate, uh, not only for black men, but for other demographics. But the labor force participation is an index, a percentage of how many people are engaged in the workforce. And uh, our here in the States, the, the Fed monitored it. And um, during the recession, which was limited to the immediate pandemic period, um, and arguably wasn't extended, but I think it's manipulation again. Um, let me just tell you, uh, I'll, let me pull it up real quick. Um, uh, because I keep track of these numbers over, 
um, at um, Fred, the St. Louis Fed.org uh, economic data site. At any rate, um, back in April of 2020, the uh, labor force participation rate, again, this is something that I've been hinting at being a problem. People aren't engaged in the labor force. Um, what it amounts to is uh, the number of people as a percentage that are able working human beings being part of the workforce. Um, and um, back in February of 2020, it was only 63.4% of the workforce. Now, let me uh, put this in a different perspective. Back in 2000, which was actually the peak of labor force engagement in history, it was 67.3%. Well, then in um, April of 2020, the labor force participation rate dropped to 60 0.7% again of the available able-bodied workforce. So this is the current population survey. The number of people in the workforce in the labor force as a percentage of the civilian non-institutional population, the participation rate is the percentage of the population that is either working or actively looking for work. So this includes the people who are working. We added only 261,000 jobs to the payrolls, but we had added 400,000 open positions that haven't been filled. A total number of unfilled positions of 10.7 million. So the labor force participation rate back in April, 2020 was 60.7, a complete 7% drop in participation from the peak of 2000 to 2020. Okay. And a four point or sorry, just shy of a four point drop. Um, let's just round down to a three point drop. That's not my nature. Um, rounding down to a three point drop between April, I'm sorry, February of 2020 and April of 2020. Now we've climbed back out almost within uh, about three month period, we leveled back off to pre pandemic numbers. Um, but actually just, just to set the record straight, mm, more like 2016, 2017 numbers is where we ended up immediately after uh, the recessionary period. It took about three months to level off to 2015, 2016 level participation. Now this, now watch what happens here. You have the great resignation. You have basically uh, malicious compliance in terms of employment. You have people forming unions and getting fired and all kinds of stuff involving uh, labor force demanding that they get paid a livable wage. And while CEOs and stockholders are making bank, the participation rate just crawls its way to 62.2%. It actually declined from August to October from 62.4 down to 62.2. It's a slight decline, but it becomes significant when you're talking about millions of people. Well, 
This decline will continue until wages increase. Wages increasing means inflation, but it apparently, based on the Fed's words, if the right people are increasing their salary, then it's okay. But if the general population increases their salary, then it's all bad. That's inflation. When the when everybody starts getting a livable wage, that's bad. But if the CEOs and the stockholders make bank off of the hard work of the middle class who are suffering because of inflation, because of fuel costs, producer price index costs going up, causing retail to go up, causing the consumer price index to go up, that's okay because only a few people are making bank and the rest of us are suffering. So the article by Carmen Reinecke, I guess, Reinecke. Um, I'm really sorry if you hear this um, and you want to correct me, please feel free to correct me. I don't, I don't know phonetically how to pronounce your name. Um, this is over at CNBC and it says the unemployment rate for black men fell to 5.3% in October from 5.8 a month earlier, according to data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics released Friday. That was for the wrong reasons, however. The labor force participation and employment to population ratio fell. So you see how the numbers are being manipulated? The real number is unemployment is increasing, but only because people are bowing out of the labor force participation and employment to ratio, uh, sorry, employment to population ratio. That's why employment is low. The unemployment rate is low. And then with big numbers like 261,000 new jobs, we are in a hole. So the people with the money, the means, give a job to a bunch of people and suddenly we're supposed to be ecstatic? Why not give more opportunity to raise competition? There are a, a shit ton of entrepreneurs out there that would love to hang a shingle and compete, but they can't. Why? Because interest rates for loans are through the freaking roof. And how much through the roof? Well, uh, between yesterday and today, the mortgage rate dropped a little bit, but it was 8.2% yesterday for the standard, the uh, median um, credit score. It's nothing that is going on is helping the middle class nothing but it doesn't have anything to do with the president the president is just steering the ship but there's a whole lot of profiteers that are taking their money and tucking it away not paying taxes on it because they have the financial machinations in place to move it offshore and hide it from taxation and write it down in some other way. There's a lot more to this folks. And it's not just a number in a bubble and that's it. The October non-farm payrolls, uh, print showed that the U S economy added 261,000 jobs in the last month and that the unemployment rate fell for workers uh, for all workers increased from 3.7% from 3.5%. For black men, unemployment fell from 5.3% to 
to 5.8, but white unemployment rose to 3.2 overall, up from 3.1 a month earlier. Yeah, so there's a chart that's over at the CNBC article. And again, follow the link that's over in hometown.showbot.tv. Um, I don't throw them in chat anymore, um, only because if somebody comes in before um, I post the article, then they're there for it, but they aren't necessarily there for it if they come in after I've posted it. So I just reiterate um, Showbot. Type in exclamation point Showbot, and then you'll be able to see. And for those that are listening to this over at YouTube and in um, the podcast form, you'll have to go over to Twitch um, at 6 p.m. during these shows. Otherwise, just go straight over to hometown.showbot.tv. The next article is Apple settles with former employee accused of stealing trade secrets. This is in the word in tech. Uh, Apple has settled a lawsuit with Simon Lancaster, a former design architect who the company accused of stealing trade secrets and sharing them with a journalist. The company filed its suit in 2021, March 2021, and the settled the suit in order uh, was approved by a judge this week. And despite over a decade of employment at Apple, Lancaster abused his position and trust with the company to systematically disseminate Apple's sensitive trade secrets uh, in an effort to obtain personal benefit. And uh, he used his seniority to gain access. So Apple had alleged that the former design architect took uh, trade secrets and shared them with a journalist. Yeah, they were chasing clout. Uh, Jay Peters is the author of this. They wanted uh, to make a name for themselves and be the person that was providing this information. Well, there's others that are out there that are doing it a little bit better. I'm hiding it better. Um, you know how 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 do some journalists get their data whoa 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 uh windows just threw up a thing saying hey reboot your computer after we update i'm in the middle of a stream how rude well anyway lancaster and the unnamed correspondent first made contact in november 2018 according to apple's complaint and the company accused Lancaster of sharing details of unreleased hardware, unreleased feature changes, and future product announcements with the correspondent. Apple also alleged that Lancaster downloaded confidential documents just before leaving the company in November 2019 that would assist his new employer, Eris Composites. Wow. There you go. How to make a name for yourself. Uh, let's move on to the next article in Smack Talk. This time, uh, Apple kills longtime event archive on YouTube. An Apple archivist has had his YouTube account disabled after Apple filed multiple takedown requests against his account. Uh, I'm not surprised by this. Uh, Apple, uh, sorry, Amber Neely is the author of this. And it says, Brendan Shanks, owner of Apple WWDC Videos channel on uh, YouTube, tweeted that Apple had filed a series of copyright removal requests against his channel. Quote, congratulations, Apple. You took down my YouTube channel containing hundreds of 20-year-old WWDC videos. Wouldn't want anyone learning about Mac OS X, Darwin, Aqua, or web objects. With a big smile. So, I mean, the sarcastic response of an archivist uh, seemingly... If it is using marks from Apple, 
without authorization, uh, suddenly receiving a copyright removal request because it's either part of an automated system and they're trying to lock down the abuse of their mark seems to be okay. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't have a problem if somebody's using the mark and not necessarily adding any value. And why would Apple want Mac OS X, Darwin, Aqua, and WebObject videos floating around? Um, I don't know. I, you know, it depends on the people who look back at that kind of stuff, but he tags things like Tim Cook and Gruber and Renee Ritchie and all of these others that are involved in it. So the big, you know, snarky response doesn't necessarily win favors. Shanks also lost his personal YouTube account as well as his YouTube TV, which he just paid for. Yeah, that's kind of a bummer. Let's move on to the next article. This one's in the Mobile channel. I tried Secret Labs, not me, the author of this over at vice.com. I'll let you know here in a minute. Um, tried Secret Labs Evo 2022, the Eames chair of gaming chairs. Let's go over to the site, check it out. This is in Rec Room Shopping by Vice by Nicolette Accardi and um they they always have this really weird naming convention thing but this over is over at vice.com um, the new titan evo 2022 gaming chair is so comfortable sleek and full of features that you'll never want to get out of it um i have an aaron chair and um i'm struggling to figure out why it's more comfortable and how it's more comfortable than my other more traditional gaming chair. And by traditional, I mean cheap. Um, I, I find myself still adjusting my back and, and standing up or sitting up um, in a different position. I'm not resting. If I rest like this, then I'm leaning really far back. It seems like it's really weird, even though I have everything adjusted. See how far away from my mic I am. I'm sorry if you... Didn't hear anything that I just got done saying. Anyway, Nicoletta Cardi says that they've done a lot of uh, gaming in their lifetime in bed, college, on X's couch, airplane, console wars veteran, to say the least, is what they say. As any gamer worth his or her salt, how about their salt, knows. Sometimes you can get lost in a marathon session. Punching over controllers for hours at a time. Yeah, I do that now. Oh, you know what? I'm not wearing my hat. What do you think? Hold on a second. <clears throat> okay. So, uh, what do you think of this? I like my bowler. Anyway. <clears throat> so, uh, is that good for your posture or a rapidly progressing carpal tunnel syndrome? No, sir, which is why having a proper setup is absolutely essential. You really should get a sit-stand desk and periodically sit and periodically stand. That's what I do throughout the day. Uh, Herman Miller may be the Ritz-Carlton of chairs, but Secret Lab is the luxury of choice when it comes to gaming chairs. Yeah, uh, Herman Miller is pretty much good for gaming as well. Um, Co-Carnage, for instance... Uh, doesn't use a really expensive, quote-unquote, gaming chair. 
Um, so you got to find something that fits your particular use. This might work for you, but all of these high back, big old gaming chairs don't necessarily do what you need. Um, nothing needs to hold your head up, but your neck muscles, <laughs> for instance. Um, you know what? I keep wanting to do a product. Um, and I've got about six on deck now. Uh, maybe I'll add the seventh one. I've already designed one, but I'll just have to bring it back. Anyway, initial aesthetics aside, the real question that they had was, how comfortable is the chair really? The Titan Evo 2022 is anchored by its proprietary patent pending, everything is, a cold cure foam process. The result is a cradling comfort fine-tuned to feel medium firm for optimum weight distribution and max pressure relief. This sounds like marketing to me. The backrest with 165 degrees of recline offers up the ability to apparently sleep. <laughs> they say it differently. Ability to basically lay flat if that's your vibe while trying to lock in while gaming do you. Okay. While packing in a four-way proprietary lumbar support system that locks in and adapts intuitively to your spine. I don't know how I can lock in and adapt, but okay. You know what? I'm going to let you read the rest of this uh, because it seems like it's a lot of marketing. Again, I don't read these articles until I'm on the air streaming them to you and talking about them from my particular perspective um, and teasing you the real uh, words in the, in the, uh, in the article. So go check it out again. It's in the showbot. Showbot is always ever present. Go to hometown.showbot.tv. Um, the next article, and this is something that I had heard about from others and then uh, it was aggregated into hometown. Um, this is kind of a bummer, but also maybe a, a thankful moment, you know, my goodness, what the hell was going on with Westworld? It went from being like overnight a software issue to being uh, an actual something else. I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't watched last series, the last season. Well, HBO cancels Westworld before what was to be its final season. HBO surprised its subscribers in the TV industry on Friday by announcing that it has canceled the big budget science fiction uh, series Westworld just a few months after its fourth season concluded. Variety reports the series, which has received 54 Emmy nominations during its run, was intended to end it with uh, its fifth season, according to recent statements from its two showrunners, Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy. The husband and wife creative couple had a specific ending in mind that now won't make it to the screen, though many viewers felt that the ending on the fourth season also worked as a conclusion. Yeah, it did. Um, a weird conclusion, but hinted at more being there. But uh, my understanding is that Lisa Joy will probably uh, let the whole world know uh, what the final season conclusion was to be. Several reasons contributed to HBO's decision, including high production costs, declining viewership, the sliding critical response amid an overall effort to cut costs as the newly formed parent company, Warner Brothers uh, Discovery. Yeah. So hold on. The whole Warner Brothers Discovery thing is a hot mess, kind of dumpster fire. 
Um, anyway, Westworld set records when it first premiered, but its viewership declined with each season, uh, with the recently aired season four experiencing an especially sharp drop. It's because it made no freaking sense, but we were into the tech. I, I can say that. We wanted to see what was going to come next. The acting was great, at least from my perspective. I appreciated the level of acting that was given, but the tech was a neat idea. It actually kind of waned. Um, the violence waned to some degree, but the storyline was so cryptic and odd. I really don't know what was going on. I mean, I know, but I don't know. Alternate reality stuff, so to speak. I don't know. You'll have to. You'll have to watch it. I don't want to give it away. Samuel Axon over at ArsTechnica.com is the author of this article. Reasons given include high production costs and declining viewership of why HBO cancels Westworld before what was to be its final season. And that's it, folks. That is it for uh, the November 5th. 2022 episode of hometown daily news show i am Watt. that is actually ours technica's front page but that is hometown.com go check it out become a citizen follow me here on twitch go over to youtube and do all of that stuff they ask you to like ring the bell and subscribe and all of that kind of stuff but if you're interested go for it and also don't forget that you can download the podcast um yesterday's episode for some reason didn't get posted i'll get it done um and uh, we'll follow up with this stream tonight hopefully we'll see i got sidetracked um hometown stuff see you tomorrow 6 p.m eastern bye bye (laughs) 